On this week's episode, I'm joined by another special guest. We're talking all things basketball and getting into some special segments. All that and more on this week's episode. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up? Welcome in. Uh, this is episode 12. Episode 12, check the podcast. Uh, we are now nine days out from Christmas. It's December 16th. Uh, 6.46 p.m., but by the time you guys hear this, it'll be Tuesday. Uh, so by the time you guys hear this, we'll actually be a week out from Christmas, which is kind of hard to believe, man. This month has really flown by. And to, just to think that we're already on episode uh, 12 already, that's pretty intense. That's pretty exciting. I just want to thank you guys for all the support. Thank everybody for tuning in every week. Um, I love the feedback. I, I appreciate you guys. And this week, we are joined by a special guest. We're actually going to have him on for the entirety of the show, uh, and it's it's pretty cool, man. I pulled up, I pulled up on him. I came to his city. Uh, we did some shopping earlier today. <laughs> uh, we did some eating, man. We just been hanging out and kicking it. Uh, everybody, welcome on my homie, my good friend Alex. Uh, welcome on to the show, Alex. Man, appreciate you for joining us this week. Oh man, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's definitely been an enjoyable day shopping and eating. Uh, I'm excited to talk some basketball and some other things. Yeah, definitely. We're going to get into some basketball talk. Uh, for those who don't know, Alex, we went to college together. Uh, we met my freshman year uh, in our dorm. We were playing football and stuff together. We went and hooped together a little bit. Uh, and he was just one of those guys who uh, who was just part of the crew all four years when I was there. And he uh, at Troy, and he graduated from Troy. And so luckily, everybody in the crew, uh, if we don't all have our degrees, we're all about to get our degrees and, and be mm-hmm. out of there. And so that's a cool thing. And always happy to see all the friends prospering and and getting along and stuff like that. But Alex is a true hooper. Uh, he played basketball in high school. Um, he's pretty good at what he does. I can tell you that firsthand experience. Um, and so I'm really excited to have somebody on, another person uh, with basketball knowledge um, who who knows and watches the league and and who can chop it up with me. Uh, very fortunate to have had three guests now, all three guests uh, who, who are very um, – adept with 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 the nba and the league and everything that's going on and so just another just another voice to have on the show man and i appreciate you for joining us oh yeah most definitely most definitely some competitive games we played together uh college was truly a good experience having y'all around and some other guys that were on they definitely know basketball i can attest to that and uh definitely excited to get this train rolling on here yeah and one of the things when i was talking to bk when we had bk on i was talking about how I never wanted him. I never wanted him to score whenever I guarded him. Oh yeah, and so and I and I treated you like that. Mm. And like there were a couple of game winners. Yeah, there were a couple of game winners that you hit on me that I was super pissed about, super mad about. And there was like this one game winner where I like I went up underneath the screen and like you hit this mm-hmm. three and like nothing but net. And everybody on my team was just like yelling at me, and I was like really upset because I knew I should have gone over it. But then I, I like I don't know why I went up under it and then like you just like hit the shot and I was just like I had to uh, had to use my uh, screens because I definitely wasn't the most athletic between us two and um, yeah I felt the same way about you and BK and uh, I think though even though we were going at each other's heads on the court afterwards it was always laughter and fun that was always a good time though always having those friends who are competitive and pushing you to be better at what you do so. Definitely can attest that we were all at one point ready to go at each other and fight, but after the game was over, it was all love. Good times. Oh Good yeah, time. Alex. Alex can talk some smack on the court. He said some. Th- he said some things to me while we were playing, but then like after that, once we left the gym, we'd go order pizza, we'd go back, watch some hoops, play some video games. 
it was cool, but it, it was just all in the realm of, of just competitiveness, man. Like we're all, we're all just competitors. Like I never wanted to, I never wanted to lose to you. I never wanted to lose to BK. I wanted to score on you and, and vice versa. And so like, that's one of the things about being really great friends with guys and, and knowing guys is just knowing that once you guys leave the court, once we leave the court, once we leave the field, when we're playing football, because there were plenty of days when we weren't on the same team, when we would go play mm-hmm. football, we would just leave the field and then we were, we were all friends again. And so that's one of the cooler things about, about having, you know, just a group of guys uh, to be as close as we were uh, at Troy. And that's one of the things that I truly value um, from my college experience, but let's just get into some talk around the league. Uh, as you know, as you guys know, I do, I do my house cleaning every single week. I go around the league. I take a look at, you know, the standings, who's hot, who's not, who's trending, and who's who's really falling. And Alex, I just want to ask you this. You're watching the league, obviously, and, and who's a team right now that's that's either standing out to you in a really good way or really like in just sort of like a bad way? Uh, in a good way, uh, I hate to say this because um, I've disliked them my whole life, but the Celtics, they are definitely trending upward. Eight and two of their last ten games, I think they've found their rhythm, and I think um, they're solving the lineup issues they've had. Uh, I think I've said this before to you and a few others. I think that they're too deep. I think they have a lot of players who deserve a lot of playing time, but you can't always give it to those guys. Um, I would expect them in the future to make a trade. Uh, I would expect Danny Ainge to go after a big name. Might be Anthony Davis. It's a rumor that's always been out there. I think that if they cut some depth and added another superstar, they would be um, probably the best team in the East um, by far, even better than the Raptors. Yeah, one thing about the Celtics is before their loss last night to the Pistons, they won eight games in a row. And I mentioned last week on on my on the episode when they had won six in a row at the time last Tuesday, this past Tuesday or Wednesday. Kyrie was talking about how like guys were calling him and asking him like what's the problem like you guys are ten and ten like like what's the deal and then they all of a sudden won six in a row and Kyrie was like hey remember when y'all was asking me like what the deal was like keep that same energy and so now that I feel like and also another thing I didn't know was that Jalen Brown was hurt and he had missed a couple of games which obviously you know he's a he's a big defensive presence to be able to guard on the wings um to be you know to be able to stop uh, some versatile scores in the in the Eastern Conference and and they actually played the Raptors. And I don't think they had Jalen Brown for that game. And so obviously being able to guard Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. on that team, who's by far the biggest scoring threat that they have, and not having Jalen Brown, that's a big problem. And so not having Jalen Brown and but still being able to win six games in a row, and then Jalen Brown comes back and then they win eight in a row before they lost last night to the Pistons, who are actually who are just behind them. Uh, they're three games back. They're in the sixth spot. The Pistons are. But the Celtics really rolling, picking it up. Um, I know my dad appreciates it because he's a big Celtics fan. But I mean, yeah, just it's great to see them figuring it out, especially if we've all sort of picked the Celtics to uh, be at the top of the Eastern Conference and, and trying to be one of those teams trying to get to the finals uh, with LeBron out of the out of the Eastern Conference. Um, but the Raptors are twenty three and eight, and we could just about you know we could just about be as just as surprised uh, at the Raptors start. I mean, they're they're one of the only teams. The Bucks and the Raptors are the only two teams in the league. Well, the Nuggets. Um, as well, to not have at least 10 losses. Mm-hmm. And two of those teams are out of the Eastern Conference who everybody sort of thought was just going to be down. But the Raptors are 23-8, and eight, by far the best team in the league. 13-5 um, and five conference record. They're 11-4 and four at home. Uh, I mean, just they and have to be one of those exciting teams. Another thing that speaks to how good they are is they went to Golden State without Kawhi Leonard and beat them, beat them handily. 
Um, I still believe Golden State's got some things to figure out um, with their team, but to go in there and beat a team with Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Klay Thompson all on the floor, all playing pretty much at 80% or better, um, physically I think that shows how good this team is and it makes them a threat to really contend for a title. Um, and then if they continue to stay healthy, I can I, I believe they'll be the one seed and up the one seed, and um, this might be – their year that they can make it to the finals for the first time in franchise history. Yeah, that would be big for the Raptors. I mean, just the city of Toronto, who is a already number one, a great sports city. I mean, they have the Maple Leafs, who mm-hmm. they strongly support. And then they have the Blue, Blue Jays, Jays, who they strongly, strongly support. And just to talk about that Warriors one that they had, even without Kawhi Leonard, they won by 20 points. And even, and like on top of that, on top of that being their first winning in Golden State since the mid 2000s, like early 2000s, they had a pretty sizable lead before halftime, and at one point, at some points, they were threatening to go up by thirty. So you don't have you don't have Kawhi Leonard. Kyle Lowry really doesn't contribute to the scoring as much. I mean, Kyle Lowry's had a very up and down year when it comes to scoring. Right. He's leading the league in assists, That's... but he's not giving you. I mean, he's not giving you the scoring that he gave uh, that he's given in the past, and you still win by twenty points. I think that's that says something about the Raptors, and mm-hmm. they are for real, and the Warriors. They're for real too. I, they they're still gonna get it figured out. I'm not worried about the Warriors, and I'll say this right now. I tweeted this the other day. I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors lose on Christmas Day to the Lakers. I know mm-hmm. I know we we're not talking about Christmas Day yet, and we will we'll get to that. But right now, I just I wouldn't be just their attitude and and just knowing that they're gonna be there at the end. If they lose to the Lakers on Christmas Day, which I know everybody's gonna make a big deal out of, I'm not making a big deal out of it just because. I mean, the Warriors can lose that kind of game. And Steph said it, the Raptors swept them in the regular season. But, like, does that mean that they get, like, a, a bonus? Do they get bonus points for doing that in the finals? No, like, they don't. The Lakers, beat if they beat the Warriors on Christmas Day, like, does I give does I give them, like, bonus points? I mean, like, the Warriors, what, they lost last year on Christmas Day. They right. lost the year. Did they, they lose the year before on Christmas Day? I think, no. That's a great question. So, um, I mean, like, yeah, generally, spe- general, generally speaking, like, if the Warriors lose on Christmas Day, the chances are they're going to be in the finals anyways. Um, but, I mean, the Raptors, uh, they they look about as good as you could possibly look, I mean, through two months into the season. Right. I mean, and- to be completely honest with you. And, and that's been one of the biggest things for me is how well they're playing. Because when you watch them play, I mean, obviously they look really good. They share the ball. They pass the ball. And you knew Kawhi was going to be a, a good addition to that team. But – no one thought that he would be – come on, like, no one thought he would be that good. No, no, and I think also the addition of Jeff Green has helped them tremendously. And, um, you mean they, Danny Green? Danny Green. Um, and also, uh, they've had a few lineup changes, um, but they've added depth. They, I think they've put Serge Ibaka on the bench at times, and that's worked for them. Him coming off the bench and him being another scoring threat because not many people know, but Serge Ibaka can actually shoot the ball. He can spread the court. He plays defense. He's a quality guy that I loved. I loved watching him play in OKC. He fit them well and made them one of the best defensive teams in the league when Russell Westbrook and Durant and Ibaka were all on the same team. And um, I think that really helps them with their bench, being able to defend and keeping their plus-minus um, at a good rate instead of it always being in the negative. Um, so I think Sycom and uh, the additions of Green and Leonard have really, really helped them become a complete team. 
Yeah, they're they're pretty good. Siakam is also a very strong name. Siakam. That sounds like a name. Like when you cross somebody up, it sounds like something you would Sock say. Em. Siakam. <laughs> Siakam. Like like Yakam. Like Yakam. Like Siakam. That's a that's a really strong name. And that's the that's why the Raptors are in first place. Looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, we got the Pacers who are red, red hot, about as blistering hot as you can be, uh, with the Raptors, with the Raptors recently losing. They won six in a row. And by the way, Five of those six wins came without Victor Oladipo mm-hmm. after they were struggling. Victor, of course, missed a, about a month with uh, with a, a leg injury. Um, he comes back. The Pacers win. Now they're they're nineteen and ten. Now they're in third place. They're in third place. You got the Sixers at twenty and eleven, who the Pacers beat Friday night to to get to that sixth spot or to get to that third spot. Excuse excuse me. Celtics, Pistons. You got the Hornets um, at fourteen and fifteen. They they dropped a match against the Lakers last night, uh, Saturday blown night. Out. Yeah, they lost. Uh, so Lance will make them dance. Yeah, Lance Lance will make them dance, and LeBron, the king of uh, <laughs> the king the king of that little that dunk that he does, you know. Oh yeah, is his signature dunk. Yeah, the powerful dunk, and then the Magic, who are in eighth, who are in eighth place at fourteen and fifteen as well, and so eight games separate the Raptors and the Magic, uh, even though the Magic and the Hornets have the same record. But we were talking about this last week. The Magic were the only team to be under 500, and now the, the Hornets have joined them to, in that top eight. And so, really, besides them, the rest of the East is looking pretty strong. I mean, the Pistons are 14 and 13, and, and they're hovering, and they're four and six in their last 10. But before that, they had been on fire. And so, it's just kind of like this is a different Eastern Conference that we're seeing this year. And I don't really know if that's sort of like the LeBron effect. I mean, is, is that the LeBron effect? I believe it is. Um, I believe that LeBron leading has made the East um, much more much more even. I believe that it's going to be five teams or six above 500, but I still believe the rest of the East will be under 500 and you'll get a couple teams in the playoffs that are under 500. Um I um, would say also, though, that the teams have gotten better. Uh, some of these teams have added players. Uh, obviously, the Raptors have added players. And the Celtics have just grown, um, matured. I would basically say that they matured into a better team. So I, I think it's going to be competitive for the next three or four years for the future. I believe you're going to have a couple of 50-win teams, maybe a 60-win team in the Raptors. But I, I think you'll have three or four 50-win teams, and it'll it'll look a lot better record-wise at the top of that Eastern Conference, and it'll be a, uh, I believe it'll be a very competitive playoffs. I don't think there's going to be really any sweeps in the second or uh, in the conference quarters or s- semis, probably the whole playoffs. I think there there will be more competitive series um, while LeBron's out west in the, um, while the pit of doom, basically. It is it, the wild, wild west as it always has been for the past 20 years. Yeah, the west is dangerous. And speaking of the west, taking a look at, the standings out out west. You've got the Nuggets in first. I mean, like this is so this is super crazy. Like this is wild. Like how this works. And like the Nuggets, who are one of only three teams that we we already talked about to have less to have fewer than ten wins. They're nineteen and nine. They've won two in a row. Uh, even though they've lost Paul Millsap and Gary Harris, they've still won two in a row. You've got the Warriors, who are twenty and ten. Uh, they they picked it up after Steph came back and and. After losing five, you know, road games in a row, they've they've really picked it up and they've bounced back. And they're seven and three in their last ten games. The Thunder are right there. The Lakers are right there. They really turned it on, and and it makes me feel good because I picked them to sort of be in that fight for a top four seed. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Clippers, who are seventeen and twelve, and they were just they were just you know 
At one point, tied they, were for first. they were just tied for first just a week ago, literally. And then you've got the Mavericks, like, the Mavericks at six. You've got the Grizzlies at seven. And then you've got the Blazers at eight. And all those teams are only separated by three and a half games. And so where, where eight games separate the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference is literally like it's, it's a brawl. And the, the furthest team out in the Western Conference – if you don't want to talk about my Phoenix Suns, are the are the Timberwolves? They're six and a half games back. Right, we're six and a half games back in the Eastern Conference. Has you like right there, sorta in the Western Conference, six and a half back. If you look at the Blazers, they're in eighth place. That's only three games out of a playoff spot. And so, what we have in the Western Conference, like what would you say, is sort of happening right now in the Western Conference? Um, it's like an LA traffic jam. It is, uh. Basically, one or two losses can move you from the front to the back. Uh, the past, I would say, week, when you say the Thunder Warriors and the Nuggets have basically switched who's in first, who's in second and third, they've played each other. Thunder and Nuggets had a pretty good game the other night. Um, Jokic is a man. He is an animal. He is a genius passing the ball. Um, but, it, I mean, the Lakers – Literally, if they won a couple in a row and you just the Nuggets and Thunder and Warriors dropped one or two, they would be the one seed. So, um, like pretty much everyone expected, um, the top four teams, Warriors, Thunder, Lakers, the Nuggets would fight for it. Um, it it's it's turning out to be what everyone expected. It's turned out to be a fight, a brawl at the top. Um, I still believe down there in the 12 seed, the Houston Rockets will make their push to the playoffs when they're healthy. Um, we can talk about that in a minute, but I, it, it, the top of the Warriors standings with the Warriors, Nuggets, the Thunder, and the Lakers, it's it's going to be some shifting, I pretty much believe, all year. Yeah, definitely. And just kind of how – are you surprised at the way that the Thunder have been playing so far this year? Uh, you know, Russell Westbrook had that injury, um, so they got off to a slow start. But ever since he's pretty much came back in the lineup, they've picked it up. Uh, he's still having a few games where he's he's looking like the old Russ, but he's transformed himself into a much better player the past three or four years. Um, they they got hot and they've been pretty hot the past fifteen games. Um, yeah, they and and I would say another thing, and I was thinking about this the day before we got on the podcast. Paul George is probably the most important player on that team when he's efficient. And he's hitting threes. They are a threat to beat any team in the league. And he can get you 30, 33, 34 easily. Um, I think I think his most efficient years are going to be with the Thunder. And having Russell Westbrook as, as that another scoring option and Steven Adams being as consistent and reliable as he is, I think, I think this Thunder team could be in the West Finals this year. Um, I hate to say this, but losing Melo was probably one of the best decisions they made. And when they finally get Andre Roberson back, um, I mean, I hate it that he continues to have setbacks on his leg injury that he suffered so long ago now. Um, but when they get him back and, you know, he's at 100% or even 90%, they're going to be a tough team to scroll on, even if you're the Warriors. I think that's the one thing that we all forget about is the fact that Andre Roberson still isn't back. I know I haven't even thought about it. Every time I watch a Thunder game, I see Andre Roberson over in street clothes, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, they don't have Roberson. And that's one of the biggest things to me because I read off Paul George's like last five game numbers last week. And over the last five games, obviously it's been more than that. Now he was averaging like astronomical numbers, like 25, like six and four. So yeah, having like Paul George has been huge for the Thunder this year. And he started out slow. He was sort of, he was getting the points, but it wasn't efficient. Right. 
And now he's just, I mean, it's like the Steph Curry effect. Steph comes back on the court, Clay starts playing better. You get Russ back on the court, all of a sudden that opens up things for Paul George because now teams have to pay attention to more than just Paul George. I mean, Steven Adams, who has vastly improved, and I love Steven Adams, probably my favorite, probably my favorite, my favorite big man in the league. Uh-huh. I like yes. I like Jokic. I do, but I love watching Steven Adams go to work. I mean, not only is he nice, he's a great he's a nice guy, but yeah, he's just so great to watch play basketball. He's gotten so much better. And so Steven Adams, big shout out to Steven Adams, you know, in the league right now. Uh, also, big shout out to Dirk for coming back. Dirk, this is his 21st year in the league. He officially sets the record for most seasons played with one team in the NBA. 21 seasons with the Dallas Mavericks. Congratulations to Dirk. He came back. I'm glad he came back, and I'm also glad that they lost to my Phoenix Suns when he came back. <laughs> the Suns, who have had the uh, Mavericks number over the last like couple of years, uh, have now won six games in a row against the Mavericks. And I bet you didn't know this, Alex. The Phoenix Suns have the uh, – they currently have the longest active winning streak against one team in the NBA. I bet you didn't no, know that. I did not know that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a lot of bad things are happening in Phoenix, but one, two, of the good, two of the things that are not bad are Devin Booker – and our winning streak against the Mavericks. So, uh, shout out to them. But the Mavericks also. What do you see? Like, what do you see from Luka Doncic? Because the Mavs are sitting in sixth sixth place. All right, they're seven and three in their last ten. They're fifteen and twelve overall. This is the disparity between their their record. They're thirteen and two at home, but they're two and ten on the road. But they're. I mean, but they've been playing really good. I mean, well enough to if they fall out of playoff contention. They could really, really, really mess up your seating. What do you? What, what have you seen from them? Uh, Doncic, uh, I think he's everything that they've advertised um, overseas. Um, he is a great passer. He uses his size well. Him and Dennis Smith Jr. Um, they, I believe, will be a a good combo uh, for the Mavs for the foreseeable future. Um, Doncic, I think he can. He's he's made some big shots. Uh, I think it was the Rockets game. He hit a few step backs and a, a step have back a, is lethal. Eleven points in a row in that game, so he's showing flashes that he could be the Mavs' next superstar. Um, uh, uh, he's had a few fake around the back passes. I think he's you know watched a little bit of Chris Paul, and uh, he's gotten some people confused. and And he's he's a wizard with the ball, so I, I think he's one of the top three for the, the rookie of the year conversation. And in my opinion, I believe he is the favorite to win it. So uh, he's going to be he's going to be a great player for the future. He's very impressive. Uh, I love watching him play and watching him play against Phoenix the other night. Man, like it's just crazy to think that we're going to have to deal with that guy for so for so much longer. But oh, he's yeah. only eighteen to think. I mean, like, well, he just turned nineteen, but yeah, the kid is a monster already. We talked about this step back is incredible. Real quick, you wanted to talk about the Rockets. Uh, they're fourteen and fourteen. They've sort of righted the ship in in a way. Um, you know, they've, they've picked it up. They really picked it up in James Harden. He had a 50-point triple-double. That sh- junk was crazy. Uh, they yes. were going to keep it PG. That It was wild <laughs> against the Lakers on Thursday night. James Harden going in his bag uh, to get a 50-burger you know, and to get a 50-point triple-double. Uh, he is um, one of those guys where you have to stick on him like glue. Um because he will scorch you um, with a couple threes in a row, and next thing you know, it's a couple jab steps dribbling right by you, and he's dunking on your big man. And, I mean, he is just a quick guy for his size. Um, 
and and his vision and his ability to pass it's it's just he's like he in a sense he he he's like lebron with his vision he can pass really well and he can, he's a lethal shooter um that team compared to last season it's an it's been an abysmal season for them it's just been terrible and I think getting rid of Carmelo has helped them. I don't know. I just don't know where Carmelo can fit right now on any of these Western Conference teams that are fighting for playoff seating, I think. Um, but I think that they do need to add a defender. I don't know where you would get one from right now. Um, the Trevor Ariza trade really hurt them, not being able to get him back. or Just letting him go in general, that was tough. I'm, I'm still confused. I'm still confused as to why Washington did that. I, I think Kelly Oubre has potential. It's it's all just it's weird. It is, um, but I think the Rockets can find a defender somewhere. They'll they'll just find somebody, sign somebody, trade for somebody. I think they will. I think that they will eventually climb their way, right the ship to being a top six seed. I'm not going to give them a top four or three because they um, they still lack. Yeah, they, 14 losses already through 28 games. That that's not what Rocket fans expected. I think they expected more on the 22 23 wins something like that um i know chris paul's been hurt james harden's been hurt you haven't had your team healthy for the entirety of the season and i think the same thing um i going back to the warriors i think you know their injuries have caused them to lose a couple games in seeding but um i think the rockets will get to the playoffs I'm, i'm not concerned yet um if you come back in january or february and they're still around 500 then then you can be concerned then but for now I think they're still a dangerous team, and they'll still be in the playoffs. Yeah. Then last little bit before we uh, we we go we go into a break before we break into our next segment. One thing I mentioned: the Rockets not being able to retain number one Trevor Reza, and then number two not being able to get him back. Um, the Suns, you know, obviously this week the big talk, almost the disaster of a thing for the Suns. Really, it was a disaster, uh, and they sort of figured out a way to right the ship. I don't really know if I would call it riding the ship, but. Friday night, of course, the big talk was the Suns had, had set a deal in place to make a trade with uh, the Wizards. That also included the Grizzlies and a three-way team deal where Trevor Reza would go to the Wizards. Kelly Oubre would go to the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Suns would get uh, Austin Rivers. They would get um, Wayne Selden. And they would also take on some dude with the last name Brooks. <laughs> very unclear. <laughs> very unclear about who would get a Brooks a Brooks brother, a Brooks couple, a Brooks something. Uh, but somebody named Dylan or whoever Brooks would be on the Suns, and the Suns thought they were getting Dylan Brooks. Which, if we would have got Dylan Brooks, would have been great. That would have been great. I think he's a really good player. I, I like him. He played well as a rookie last year. However, they said that we might get Marshawn Brooks. And when I looked his numbers up on basketball <laughs> reference, not only was I surprised to find out that he's somehow been in the league for like 11 years. No um, one knows about him. Dude Dude only averages like five points a game. Uh, this is actually the best year of his career. He's averaging like seven points a game. I don't even – I just would have imploded. Number one, we have to take Austin Rivers. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'm not a huge fan of Austin Rivers. But since he is now like a son – I will root for him and I will wish him the best. And so the deal falls apart. It was as it was about as bad as it can be. It was about as Phoenix Suns as it could be, with how you know the news about the Suns being in, like I don't know, it's just limbo yeah, right now for yeah. the for the franchise and and being a, a Suns fan right now is the least favorite of my 
like qualities about Sports myself. Teams. Like that's like the least thing that I like about myself right now. Um, but somehow they figured it out. They righted the ship. They still go through with the deal to get Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, you are now a son. Congratulations. Everybody clap it up for Austin Rivers. Uh, but we also get Kelly Oubre in exchange for Trevor Reza from the Wizards. So just a straight-up swap. But what the bad thing about this is, is that we only get Kelly Oubre for this year. Because I would not re-sign a deal with the Suns right now. This is this is a weird trade. It's only weird because if we are trying to go younger and do this whole, like, we're going to be young and try to build our team sort of thing. Austin Rivers, Austin Rivers is not, like, I mean, yeah, like, Austin Rivers is still, yeah, he's 20. This is his age 26 season, so it's not like he's old. He came into the league when he was 19 or when he was 20. So it's kind of like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, like, we've sort of got, like, a young guard who can play along with Devin Booker. So, like, now Devin doesn't have to worry about dishing out the ball, like, eight times a game. He can just give you his 50 points and, like, be like, hey, Austin, like, you're going to make some plays or not. I would rather watch Devin drop 50 and have Austin Rivers have negative four points and pass the ball. Like, don't shoot the ball. Like, I want you to not shoot the ball so much that you have negative points. Like, that's not possible, but I need it to be possible. I think he's I think he's a good third option. Um, he, he's having he, Aiden and Devin Booker as your as your one-two. I think um, he he's he'll be still start. Um I think that uh, at times he's shown flashes where he can get a few buckets here and there. Uh, it's so not like we'll he's a, it's not like he's a total scrub. I mean, like I don't I don't hate him as much as I let on. I mean, he last year he averaged 15 a game, which was by far his career best. So he's gotten better, you know, since he since he's been in the league. And it's not like I hate Austin Rivers. It's just that I don't like the way Austin Rivers plays. We need a guard. We need a guard. I wanted D'Angelo Russell. I was a huge fan of getting D'Angelo Russell. Number one, not only is he and Devin Booker like really close friends, but they're also around the same age to where we can have them as a kind of like a tandem for a couple of years. Austin Rivers sort of is kind of like a guard because he did average 15 a game last year. How, his assist numbers were he, – he's never averaged more than four assists a game, and that was what he did last year. So I'm looking for him to really like be sort of like someone who can make plays you know, get the ball into Aiden's hands, not have to have the ball in his hands so much so that we can run our offense through Aiden and Booker and let the let those guys get touches. But we just needed a veteran presence. And I think this is why we added Austin Rivers, who's only played shooting guard for the majority of his career, uh, to be able to run the point to say like, hey, like we just need someone who's just a veteran presence, who's a savvy guy. He's been in the playoffs with the Clippers and stuff like that. Um, he's been around the league for a while. Uh, we, we, we're tired of drafting. Uh, guys who are super duper young, and then either trading them away, Goran Dragic, Goran Dragic, or just letting them go, like and like like Eric Bledsoe, like the Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, Isaiah Thomas thing. It sounded really good in theory to be able to run like three guards until you realize Isaiah Thomas is like all of my height, <laughs> and yep. then Eric Bledsoe is also all of Alex's height, who was not six feet tall. Nope. And then Brandon Knight, the biggest guard we have, has to play small forward. That was a bad thing. And so now we are sort of trying to fix it and write it. And, like, I get it. It's cool. As long as Austin Rivers helps us win or play well, like, I won't have any problems with him. Uh, but the Rockets not being able to get another defender and also the Lakers not being able to get a defender really sort of, like, hurts those guys um, uh, who who are in need of perimeter 
defenders in the Western Conference. And so uh, that last little bit, Alex, do you have anything to say about the trade before we head into our next segment? Um, that was kind of like my soapbox moment. Like, my- Yeah, you, you really tore into the suns right there. I think that um, you could you could you can try and keep Uber. I think he I think he's still got um, room to work with. I think he still can be a better player. He can improve his scoring and things. I think Rivers can turn into a um, like a um, Rondo type player. He's a better shooter, but he can he can be that guy who can just run the offense, pass and slash to the rim. Um, I think the Suns as an organization have a few things they need to figure out. Uh, for one, where they're going to be in their future. Um, there's those rumors that they want to leave, uh, go back to Seattle, or not go back to Seattle, but go to Seattle and Seattle have another franchise, or Vegas. Which I don't hate. I love Seattle, and I, need, uh, I want yes, them to have a I need the Supersonics back in my life. Um, but I also love the Suns, so pick your point. We, we, me, and, me and Jamal, are, we're both huge Steve Nash fans. Uh, Nash is my favorite player of all time. And uh, I, I think the Suns need to keep the franchise there. Um, well, let's not talk about that when we get into that another time. But uh, I think the Suns um, are, are on the right path. I think that uh, they'll probably get the number one or two draft pick in the draft. Sniffles. Um, and hopefully they'll get a – they should get a quality player. There's a few um, players on that Duke team – that really can change your franchise. A la so. RJ Barrett. Just take Barrett. Yes, I would take Barrett. Take Barrett. Over Zion Williamson uh, for two reasons. Because we need a guard. That is one. And uh, we need to see if Zion Williamson can maintain his weight. We need a guard. And because the Suns need a guard. Thank you. Thank you. All right, stay tuned. We're coming in with our next segment. We're coming in hot. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're back. I don't really know what I'm going to call this segment. This is sort of like a new segment. Uh, this is kind of like me and you specific. We're going to call this the um, the swag segment. I'm, I'm going to call this, I coined it the swag segment. Pretty much on this segment, uh, before we enter the danger zone of this eclipsing an hour long, this is probably going to happen. Yes, it um, will. But in the swag segment, we're just going to talk about uniforms and shoes. Like this is sort of like, Kind of got laid back. We got Christmas coming up. Uh-huh. The big deal in the past was, you know, like Christmas jerseys under Adidas and everything. And those were pretty cool. I like them. And then Nike comes out their first year uh, endorsing, you know, making the uniforms for the league. Their first year doing that. Um, no Christmas uniforms. And pretty people were kind of like, I know Alex doesn't miss them, but... Last I can remember last year, like Nike getting some backlash, like where are the Christmas uniforms at Nike, like I thought we were getting Christmas uniforms, like and that's real, and like I would like to see them. Uh, but if we don't get Christmas uniforms this year, Alex isn't going to be hurt over it. I'll be kind of sad just because I think that Nike could really do something with them. Uh, but in their in their place, we got City Edition, and they're yes. pretty cool. They are unique and eccentric. Uh, to each city, and I think every year, I believe, uh, for the most part, for most teams, Nike will um, redesign them. Uh, so they have to. They have. I mean, like nobody's going to want to see the, somebody wear the same. Yes, but them. you know, there's a few teams who uh, you know have the same two editions. Uh, for instance, the Spurs have the same one. Uh, the Rockets have essentially the same one. Uh, there's a subtle changes. 
Um, Miami essentially has the same one. Um, we'll get into that in a second. Um, and yes, uh, you are right. I'm not a huge fan of the Christmas edition jerseys. Um, it just seems a little whimsical. Um, maybe Nike can design a better one. Um, but I wasn't really a fan of the Christmas edition. Nike's. I mean, Adidas. Yeah. Uh, we are also watching the Eagles game. And so, uh, the Eagles looking forward to a big win tonight. Uh, you guys don't know how this turns out Tuesday, obviously, but I mean, in a way, sort of like these, uh, earned it editions kind of feel like Christmas uniforms just because most of the teams who are getting earned it editions um, play on Christmas day. And so the earned it editions, in case you haven't heard Nike last week, literally like last week dropped their earned it editions. They said like, we're making these uh, uniforms for the teams that made the playoffs. Uh, yeah. For the teams that made the playoffs, the 16 teams who made the playoffs last year, you guys get new uniforms. And that's kind of like, that's a pretty cool thing. It's not like a participation trophy. It's sort of like it's it's saying like you guys put in the hard work, you guys earned this. Like obviously, like that's obviously where the name comes from, and they're kind of festive. I'm not gonna like I'm kind of, I'm looking at the 16 uniforms that that came out right now, just side by side by side, and they look pretty dope. Uh, probably my favorite if I'm looking like as I'm looking at them all. Uh, I gotta go with I gotta go with the Celtics. Uh, this is sort of like a classy kind of thing too. The classic Boston, the the yellow trimming. Uh, on the green, um, they already do this now with their their city editions. They have like the white with the gold trimming. Uh, that's reminiscent of a, of an older uniform as mm-hmm. well. And so this this is kind of cool for me. Uh, this Boston look. What do you think? Um, my two of my favorites, I would say, I really like the. Um, I don't mention this in their city editions too. Uh, the Wolves, their twist on their city. It's a they earned it's a twist on their city edition which pays tribute to Prince. I think that's a really, really cool concept you have there. And then um, we have Miami. Um, the flavor in those Vice City uniforms is hot. It is, uh, it's a hot pink, but it is so reminiscent of Miami, Miami Vice. It, it, it just gives you that Miami vibe. Um, easily one of my favorite earned it additions. They could easily make the Vice uniforms like their uniforms just for regular season. Oh yeah, and everyone would be okay with that in Miami. Like it is totally the style there. Like not even I would complain. No, I'd probably get one anyways. Yeah, definitely. This Pelicans look is pretty good. Like last year, I mean, obviously, like this Pelicans look, it's kind, of, it's got their team colors in the jersey on like mm-hmm. a plain white background, but then it's got like the blue, the gold, and the red. And so, like, that's that's a pretty cool look. That's a pretty cool look. Jake Elliott just hit this field goal. So um, that's that's the reason for this, for that long pause. But the Warriors looks pretty good with the yellow and, like, the town look. Um, I feel like this Blazers one is going to look much better in person um, than it does, like, in the – like, it looks really good in the design, like, the hard red on in the design with the black trimming and, like, the single – like, the single black stripe single going across. Stripe through, right. But I feel like once you see it in person, like, it's going to look even better. It's going to – the trimming of the white letters, the Rip City is going to really pop out, um, and then the red is going to pop out. And the the Wizards – or the Raptors, actually. The the Raptors is, is a pretty good one, it's too. It's a take on – it's a red – it's the oh, an all red and white like take the on their – Canadian look. On their uh, – yes, uh, the, flag. the flag and the take on the um, Drake uniforms, their C editions, but red. Um to OKC, I like their it's a it's they're bringing back basically the sunset uniform, which I was a fan of last year. Um, Cleveland's is probably the most Christmassy looking one, 
with this powder blue, light bluish, uh, Carolina bluish with white. Um, it's not my like favorite. A, it's also kind of like a take on their their '90s uniforms, like their early mm-hmm. '90s, like late '80s. Uh, the way their uniforms look there, which I sort of was like into. Um, is where I old I, uniforms, old uniforms. If they could bring back some of the old uniforms, uh, obviously, if they could bring back like, some throwbacks, some you gotta, number one, you have to do the Raptors. Like you got to do the, oh, ra- with the with, with the Raptor the holding Raptors. the basketball. You one do of my favorites one. of all time. And then you got to do the Suns one with the sun going across yes, the numbers. And is, then like the yeah, I have that Steve Nash jersey, and it is they going do that to one. be framed. And the Pacers, the Pacers earned it. Edition could be pretty better. cool. Like it's kind of like uh, like a racetrack going down um, the side. The side. But it's like the way that it looks, it's kind of like a dimensional thing. Like depending on the angle that you look at it, it's like it looks the road. Like the, you're yeah, going down the road. Yeah. And then it's got like the highlight gold trimming with the Pacers in like the four. I like the way the numbers look. Um, Victor Oladipo should put up some big numbers in that. Uh, Spurs, let's 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 work on something uh, at Camo, some point in time other than out. camouflage. I think that's just a shout out to their uh, military heritage and stuff like that. I get it; like they could I, probably yeah, do better. They could do better. They have they have history in San Antonio. Um, I I don't want do like to see Alamo them. One. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> I do not want to see them continue the camouflage. Like they do or they it could, all the time. Or they could do like if they do a statement or like a city edition one. They could do um the old San Antonio like the, the old pink, logo with the, the pink. pink. They yes, could definitely one hundred percent do that. I would love to see that. The Bucks. I don't really. Uh, let's. I don't know. What I'm going to reserve my. Like I'm going to reserve my judgment on the Bucks for the city edition. I have a lot uh-huh. to say about that, um, and I think it could definitely, definitely be done a lot better. Yeah. Other ones are the 76ers, which is just uh, a white take on their city their editions, city editions uh, which is gray, uh, and and look. And then you've got the Rockets, which is just kind of like a plain red one, like a red. Uh, it's a solid red. Um, but it's red with white trimming, uh, with the white letters and the, the white numbers. And then you've got the, uh, Washington wizards. It just says the district of Columbia on it. So it's kind of like their city edition. Uh, but it's just like with red and what it's just a red version of their city edition and jump into city editions where, uh, all 32 teams have them. There's a lot more variety in these in this year. Last year was a good start for the city editions, but this year, Nike really like took it to another level with some of these themes and and the colors that they brought to it. You've got the Hawks, for instance, which looks like an actual hawk with the wings and the gold. And Atlanta like does everything big and like that's a that's a good vibrant look. The Nuggets sort of bringing back their old their look, throwback, yeah, that with like is, the rainbow and the man. like the the mounds in the background with the kind of like the city built into it. That was a good look. Uh, just looking at others, I actually like uh, I actually like the what the Bulls did with theirs, kind of like the the darkish looking with like the stars on it. I have no idea what it means. I'm pretty sure that's a nod to the city of Chicago or the ti- they have six titles. I was about to say a nod to how many titles they have. Yeah, uh, I read it uh, not too long ago what it was, but to be honest with you, I, it slipped my mind. L.A. kind of the Clippers. Um, that is the yeah. nod to the Olympics. The yeah, the hosted. Olympics, yeah. And then the, the Lakers. LA is yeah. a nod to Magic. Uh, in the stripes, you'll find the word Showtime, uh, nod to Magic. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, last year they did the Kobe thing, and then like this year they're that, doing the that Magic. That was Nothing. my favorite seed edition from last year. Yeah, and then you've got – I said the – I said the uh, 
I actually said the Wizards did a, a white take on theirs for this year, but it's actually a black. It's actually a black jersey. I don't know why. I think last year's was white. I think last year their city edition was white, and this year it's not. Mm-hmm. And then you've got another one that I like. I like this Knicks one. Last year the Knicks did the whole like fire hydrant, like you know, like they oh, gave yeah, a nod, nod to, to the, the NY, uh, yeah, the New York Fire Department. And like this one is kind of like a take on really one of their older uh, uniforms. So like one of their earlier uniforms, like when mm-hmm. they were like the Knickerbockers which is a cool name for a basketball team. Like, if you could pick a name for a team, like, I would pick the Knickerbockers. That would be – it's old, old school. It sounds like they're about to knock your block like the Knickerbockers. Like, it sounds like they should have way more titles than they actually do. Yep. The Knickerbockers. <laughs> <laughs> they should – that name, you should have quite a few more. You should have, like, 12 titles if you're the Knickerbockers, not, like, not three. Two or three they have. <laughs> and then, of course, the Kings. Do like the cool take on like their '80s uniforms, like the powder blues. Yep, that was cool with Sacramento in the back. And so, if I had to pick my top five, my top five, I'm going with the Bulls. I'm going with the Hawks. I'm going with um, give me obviously pink, not the pink. I'm going with the Timberwolves. I mean, not pink to Prince. It's I'm looking at a pink background that the Nike has it displayed on. I'm going with the Knicks for four, and for five, I'm going with the Kings. Those are my those are my five city edition uniforms that I'm that I'm really feeling this year. So my five, uh, and I'll give as brief an explanation as I can. This is in no particular order, other than my number one, which is uh, the Nuggets. I know Manny if he listens. I don't know if he does. Uh, Manny's a he's a weekly listener. Oh, shout out to you, Manny, and your Nuggets for being the one seed. Uh, for now, we'll see if it continues. I think it will. Um, uh, that uniform is my favorite of the C editions, the throwback, um, the nod to that. Another one of my favorites, the Nets, the, uh, two, uh, not the biggie, the biggie, um, Coogee sweater. Uh, it's subtle. It's only on the outline. I think that is an amazing concept, an amazing nod to a city like New, uh, Brooklyn with such history and things. Um, Miami, the Miami Vice uniforms, uh, easily one of my favorites, um they i just i just think it vibes so well with their just the colors that are basically synonymous with miami the night lights the nightlife um miami vice and then you've got the timberwolves i thought they did an amazing job with their tribute to prince if you zoom in um we we can't right here we, we might be able to uh if you look at the lettering the tips of the letters are just like and the numbers just like the end of prince's logo as you can see right here, Jamal, the tips of the Y'all S. can't see it, but we can see it. I'm zooming and in. I think that is an amazing, an amazing thing uh, to do. And finally, I actually like the New Orleans Sea uh, Edition jersey. I think that the, it, it's it's a more subtle Mardi Gras theme um, on it. It's not too loud like it was last year. I think it's subtle. I think that it, it still pops, though. Um, and I think, you know, that's what New Orleans is all about. Um, I believe uh, this is just me guessing and I don't have any, uh, any Intel or anything like this, but I, I do believe in the future. I think they might slide into black and gold for the saints. Oh, that would be, that would be nice. That would be a big nod to the saints in the city of New Orleans. Also, I didn't notice this, but it looks like along the trimming of the, along the sides of the, the Knicks, they've got like the, they've got like the downtown, like skyscrapers and the side. I didn't even oh, yeah. notice that. I didn't even notice that. That is that. a subtle. And subtle almost flex. unnoticeable. Yeah, flex. subtle flex. Um, do you want to get into a few that you don't like? Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to talk about negative things. I talk about the Suns <laughs> enough. <laughs> I talk about the, 
I'm talking about the Suns enough. Thank you very much. Uh, let's get into some more positive things. With Christmas around the corner, obviously one of the biggest things that we look for on Christmas Day are the shoes. Like that's sneakers, clearly sneaker like, game. Yeah, man, that's been a big deal since probably oh, since, man, since Kobe. Kobe. Since Kobe and the who ah, when Nike got all the fours, five, yeah. sixes, uh, clear the Grinches, uh, probably one of the greatest, no, the greatest, the Nike greatest Christmas shoe. shoe. And you have his eights, which had two different pairs, uh, the ones that were like the stained glass window, and yes. then you had the ones with the uh, spikes for like the snake skin, which I thought were I had those and they are holding up amazingly. Um, LeBron has always came out with some great Christmas shoes. I think KD's had some great ones, um, and I think it will continue this year. But um, I wanted to say this, um, and I think that you noticed this too. Custom sneakers have, yeah, have completely blown up in the NBA, and I think you'll see that with Christmas. I think you might get some Santa Clauses, some Grinches thrown on shoes. Not the colorways put on shoes, but I actually think like pictures and images painted on the shoes. I think that um, custom sneakers – now, since the NBA has changed its uniform rules, they will they will blow up and they will continue to become a part of the league's um, sneaker game for a long time. That's been one of the coolest things about the the league so far. And so, with basketball growing as as much as it has in recent memory and in recent years, I mean, like we're we're really we are really living in the prime like life of basketball. This is about as exciting as I can remember basketball sort of being, just in terms of like we've got exciting players. We've got mm-hmm. exciting. We, we've got exciting games. Um, say what you want about people joining like super teams and stuff like that, but now the games are really good. And so, like having having a, a Giannis game where he goes for like forty against the Warriors and like the Bucks beat the Warriors, or like the game against the the Raptors that the Warriors had, um, where they came where Kback literally goes for fifty and they come back and they still lose because Kawhi Leonard decides to turn like he's like a, a freaking human torpedo like these this is fun and like another aspect of it is the shoe game and mm-hmm. a lot of you a lot of you know like if you've been following the league this year they lifted the shoe the shoe rules like usually like in every sport they have a rule that says like your shoes must be limited to like your team colors like their primary colors like that has to be like the primary you know feature of your shoe it has to have your team colors on it and a little bit lately like over the course of the last couple of years They've gotten a lot better about being free with, like, you know, letting them design their shoes. Like, it would still be the same. It would still be mostly, like, team colors. Like, the Timberwolves, for example. Carl Anthony Towns is really big into designing his shoes and, like, having his shoes customly designed. It would still be, like, black and green or whatever or white and green for the Wolves, but he would have, like, subtle designs in there, like – he would have uh, like he loves like scary movies, and so he has like uh, like the Jason mask or something like that, or like the knife on the on the Nike on the Nike logo. And so that's been one of the biggest like the coolest things is seeing like them lift the ban on shoes and saying like you guys can wear whatever kind of shoes you want. You can custom make your shoes. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. And players have been going loco with it. They've been bringing out the heat. PJ PJ Tucker, the sneaker king. Just, yes. This has been heat after heat after heat every single night. Somebody. Is, bring, is bringing out something that we like we've either never seen before or something from the past that we haven't seen in a long time. Right, and it's 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 made us you know it re- basically relive our younger days when we were in high school or things like that where we would see some Kobe's come out of nowhere from PJ Tucker that he's worn or Lance Stevenson bring out some Jordans that are custom 
in color, but I, I think it's a true testament to Adam Silver um, and the work he's doing is the um, NBA's commissioner and allowing the players to express themselves. He's he's he doesn't have this strong grip on them or anything like that. He's not this guy who's trying to control them. He's allowing the players to be themselves, and I think this was a really cool thing. And I think that um, and I, this probably will never happen, but I think the NFL should should let that happen. I think they should let the players express themselves um, because the old adage they're getting better by good, it with the celebrations right and that I, that's great i love that it's always been one of my favorite things uh, yeah like you watch the nfl you watch the nfl to see somebody score a touchdown and then dunk the ball through the go post yeah, travis or, or pull Kelsey's, the or exactly or uh was it tyreek hill went into the stands and yeah. played with the camera and he those runs things. the camera like those kinds of things are fun and we want to see that and and that's what we've always wanted to see with the uh, nba players you know in practice they get to wear whatever and you get those glimpses of those pictures of them Pl- uh, playing in shoes that you know they wouldn't get to wear in the game, and now, now PJ Tucker, who last year uh, spent two hundred thousand dollars on sneakers, um, is what uh, was told to the public. Um, and his his locker is always filled with shoes that you can't even find. Um, shoes that he brings two or three pairs to the arena because some of them might come unglued. But it's it's awesome to see the sneaker game uh, coming back up in the NBA and. And uh, I think it'll continue to grow. And um, I think a lot of players are going to start investing, like I said, in in customizing their sneakers. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just uh, cool to just see this happening. And another token of that is that in basketball, like, it's not like baseball. You hit a home run, you go around the bases, you get to home play, you can celebrate. Like, player, you see players, like, they have this they have this ritual that they do when they come to the plate or they have like this ritual they do when they when they hit a home run and basketball you you just go up and down the court you shoot threes like it, it's too fast paced to allow you to stop and really celebrate right and so being able to allow you, these players to express themselves with whatever kind of shoes they want to wear and Spencer Dinwiddie who is taking it upon himself uh to wear a different pair of shoes every single game and then he donates them to charity Mm. like allowing Mm -hmm. these players the freedom to be able to do things like that and so now it's just making the game better and so i i love what the nba did this year uh in terms of you know they're they're going away from this this look of you know uniformity and we all have to look the same all the time to just letting these players like be and that's just to see the creativity that comes into these shoes easily like one of the better like one of the better parts uh and this actually talking about shoes uh that'll lead us into our our next segment uh which we have coming up right after the break here we go all right man welcome in this is the last segment that we got today uh this is a segment that i introduced a couple of weeks ago actually uh when it was just me by myself but now i have I guess, and I have someone who, uh, who is very adept in this field and has a lot in this field. This segment is called "What's in Your Closet." Uh, Alex, we just we actually just made some new additions, <laughs> some new additions to our closet today. It was an impulse buy. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas to uh, ourselves. <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, but Alex, just sort of talk about this segment is sort of like a way to to talk about how you got into shoes and, and your love. Uh, not for just basketball shoes, but for sho- shoes in general. And so, just sort of talk about like like how you you got into shoes, and, like collecting them and and loving them, uh, just in general. Um, I think it started back when I was whew, fifth grade. Uh, I obviously don't have all those shoes that I had in fifth grade, but it started off actually with a pair of Iversons, 
it's probably one of my favorite pairs. And I had uh, two pairs of Air Force Ones. I had a red, a red, gray, and blue pair. Um, and I had uh, the all the classic all white high tops with the strap. Um, and then when I got to high school, those were the days where I really got my shoes. I still have some from high school, Jamal. The Kobe Eights um, that you've uh, you've seen a few. Um, and I, uh, it, it was, it was like the same as you said with BK and Eddie, we pretty much got into our little group of sneaker heads and we just continued to find what we wanted to get. Um, and we collected a lot and I've kept a lot of my shoes from over the years, my Kobe's, uh, my Kobe eights I've collected over the years, but now my closet consists of a lot of rare shoes. Um, as Jamal was able to hold today, the Sean Watherspoon 97 ones. I got lucky on those. Nike sent me a reserve pair. I truly did not feel worthy when I held those in my hand. Yeah, I, I don't touch them right now. I don't know when I'll wear them, the special occasion or whatnot. Um, I got those for retail, thank God, because I will not pay that resale price. I can tell you right now, I do not need two, three, four car payments. It's to like close to $1,000. Yeah, that resale market is hot. And if, if you got lucky at the pre-sale pair, they're worth double that. Um, I've got, uh, I was able to get some Dornbeckers. Jamal was actually on the phone with me when I got those. I had to pull over on the side of the, uh, the interstate and, uh, you know, it's embarrassing, but I just pretty much put off the interstate into, uh, Limbaugh Toyota's parking lot and purchased those. Um, but now my sneaker collection is Jordan ones. Basically I have five or six pairs of those. Um, um, I have, Runners, a lot of Air Maxes, uh, Flyknits, Epic Reacts, uh, and then I have Vans. I used to skate, um, skinny jeans and everything, so I have a crap ton of Vans, but that's basically it. Runners, Air Maxes, Jordan 1s, some basketball shoes, and now Vans. So that's what's in my closet now. And would you say, would you say sort of like, your, not your, I don't want to say like your want to build your, your shoe collection, or would you say like, you sort of kind of just started building your shoe collection because like now you are at the age or like you started getting to the age to where um, you realize that you could be able to afford to be able to get you these shoes that, that you've always wanted as a, as a kid or like, or would you say it's more like you saw someone wear them like you, like you watch, like you watch Kobe play and you say like, wow, like, I mean, I love Kobe Bryant. Like I love the way he plays. Like I want to, like I, I want, like I want his shoe. Or like you watch Kevin Durant, and you say like, Kevin Durant's one of my favorite players. He plays on one of my favorite teams. Like I, I have to, like this is how I want to support him. You know, like how, how was it that you, you like you when you go about when you get these shoes, like when you, because for me it's always been, like I, I wasn't able to always get them, and I didn't ask my parents for them, but I always said that if there was a day where I, I could get these shoe or like this certain shoe. Like I would get it. So like how, like what's it, what was it, what's it like for you? I think it started um, with uh, before we had Twitter and it's abundance of sneaker resources that you have nowadays. You know, we both follow Twitter pages that give us uh, advance in advance. They give us the sneaker and the release date and, you know, a lot of information on it. Prior to that, it was basically, I would, you know, you watch the NBA games and you see what's on their feet. And it was like Kobe would wear some of the craziest sneakers. His six, sevens, and eights were themed so well. LeBron's were themed so well. Uh, KD's earlier shoes, I loved those. And so prior to having the Twitter resources we had, 
that was um, basically how you knew about it and how you, you know, found out you went on the Internet and typed it up and found out when it released. Now you've got uh, now that we're older and we can afford those things. I basically use the same Twitter sites that you use. You know, you go in there, you find out when they release or they'll tweet about it um, and you just find out. You know, when that sneaker releases, you have the Nike sneakers app that got invented. Um, that's blown up. And, you know, um, now that I didn't, can't afford them, I either used the Goat app. Um, shout out to the Goat app. It has allowed me to collect some shoes that I was unable to get on the sneakers app. And then um, basically, you know, I, I, I just seek out what I want now instead of I don't have to always watch it on TV and see what players are wearing because you, you've got Twitter. So, you know, it's it's just find that date, wait for the sneakers app and hopefully we get lucky. Um, but you know, when I was younger, yeah, I did have to basically beg my parents to get these sneakers. Yeah. But now that we're grown, we can basically get what we want as long as our bills are paid. And you know, that's, that's the importance. Don't anybody out there. Don't just go buy sneakers. If you're long, if you're a young listener, don't just go buy sneakers. If you, if you got to pay something off or you need something important, get that first before you, before you invest in your sneakers. Yeah. There will always be a day when you can, when you are able to, to do that sort of thing uh, to, and I know that I'm fortunate to be able to, to do sort of do that kind of thing right now. Um, just the availability that I have. And, um, but it's just, I don't know. It's uh, the, the way that basketball has really evolved. Not only has the game become more popular to watch just in terms of the players, but it is because of the, the sneaker. I mean, like, you know, the sneaker business, Shoe right. like it, it, basketball shoes have become not only like way more like way better to look at but they the performance of basketball they figured out a way to to make basketball basketball shoes perform better but also look better too and so it, back in the the old days like in jordan's time like really it was just like everybody wanted to have jordan's because jordan's look he great dominated and, like, he league. dominated yeah he dominated the league and so we everybody wanted to be like mike and now with the way that the league is progressing we now have multiple superstars we have like almost every team has its own superstar and then the superstars who have their own shoes whether it's a nike athlete an under armor athlete an adidas athlete they are now catering they know they know what they know what people want they're basically advertising the shoes yeah they know what they want and they like form first and foremost like when curry like curry is now i think he's sort of shifting he's going to, to low tops which Better he look. never, which he never did in the past, had ankle issues because of his ankles. Yeah, and he never did that. But now he's sort of catering. Like now, me, like myself, the only low tops I play in are Kobe's because uh the ankle support that they give Functional. me. Yeah, the ankles, the ankle support that I get when I wear them, it makes me feel comfortable enough to where I don't fear like rolling my ankle. But I used to only play in like high tops and and my Kyrie's like the twos, the threes, and like now I have some fours. Um, but the way that they have been designing shoes, it, it's just made them more appealing and, and more pleasing to to want to buy and to want like I want a pair of Kobe's, I want a pair of LeBron's, like I want a I want a pair of Curry's, like I want a pair of, of Kevin Durant's. So, uh, I mean, like what what have you seen in the evolution of the, just like the basketball shoe in terms of not just popularity, but in just like the way that the design and the structures really come along? Um, I think that. Um... You're seeing a lot of athletes go towards the fly knit uh, mesh uppers. They're just they're different from what it used to be. You know, it used to be like leather or something like that. Some 
it, it, it didn't it didn't it didn't give your foot a lot of movement a lot of functionality like that she would mold around your foot but but having uh, the materials they have now, like Kobe is always trying to look for functionality and performance in his shoes before look. And I think that's why his shoe is one of the most popular. And then to go back on, you know, like, for instance, LeBron, uh, the sneakers that he wears to the games, he wears them weeks before they come out. But I think that's a key thing that makes kids and people want his, the shoes because the way he wears and the way he can rock them. Uh, it looks good, and the sneakers that you know he wears are so rare, but but people are still going to want them because it's something that LeBron wore or that PJ Tucker wore. People are paying attention to him, or Kevin Durant wore. Like before the Sean Wallace came out, people I don't think a lot of people were like they were kind of curious about it, you know, trying to figure out you know what, what are they what they look like on the feet because they were two shoes combined, and then you see LeBron and Kevin Durant and other players wear them. I think that influence has has the, made the sneaker culture explode. And so um, I think that's a true testament to like, you know, the again, going back to the league, allowing you to express yourself with sneakers, allowing the players to wear whatever, you know, pregame. And I think that I think that's pretty dope that that it, it, it brings that culture to just explode. Yeah. One of the coolest things that Nike did last year was with LeBron when they released when they when he was honoring like people like King Griffey. When he when they let him do like his all time favorite shoes and they put them and they sort of like made the 15s mm-hmm. in that way and then they like released them uh, at the end of the season like over the summer to the fans yeah, that, that was one of the coolest that, things that they did yep. because it allows you to sort of feel like LeBron like it allow I mean it was much more than just a like a, a Christmas LeBron or like it was much more than just like a, a Black History Month like the Black History Month LeBrons or like the South Beach LeBrons or whatever it was his. It was something that was dear to him, like his favorite shoes ever. They shoes that would only usually be a PE, a player exclusive. They allowed the world to have access to that. And I think that's that that's was one great, of the coolest things. It's a cool thing to to be able to get your hands on a shoe that normally you couldn't find unless you had some of the best connections in the sneaker world, and you would be paying a very very high price. So I think allowing. I think I, I believe Nike. You know, in my personal opinion, I believe Nike should allow that. Like, allow some a very limited amount of PEs, like one or two from each player a year, to just be released. And I think that would even up the craze and the the addiction of the sneakerheads to want that. Because, um, you know, if you go on the Goat app and you find these PEs, or you know, you find them out there on the internet uh, with trusted people, you're paying. Um, a number with a comma behind it on these PEs. It's not cheap. Even if you find the college team PEs like the Kentucky PEs or the Duke PEs or, you know, one of the most sought after shoes ever, the Oregon pit crew exclusives that, you know, those shoes to find those, um, you know, it's, it's so hard and it's so expensive. So I, I, you know, I think Nike should continue to do that. Like let certain PEs release it. It just ups the craze and makes people want it more. And uh, it continues to keep the sneaker culture thriving. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, like it's it's definitely pulled me in. Like, I'm in the gym, like working out, and then I'm thinking about like when nine o'clock is getting close. I'm like, okay, I got to be on my phone because like these drop at nine o'clock. I'm like, I'm like these Kobe's we, drop at nine o'clock. I'm like these <laughs> yeah. drop at nine o'clock. Like we're in. Like we we're texting each other. We're like, hey man, like. Are you getting the like you getting these LeBrons? Are you getting these Kobe's? And, and are you getting like are you getting, like these, the other like, day. getting these Vapor Max? Like are you are you in here? Like yep. so, I mean, 
and it's because it's it's because of people like it's because of athletes really i mean athletes becoming as popular as they are and you know the entertainers that they are and and being role models and people like we see them we see lebron wearing a certain shoe it doesn't have to be a basketball shoe no we can see him wearing runners just, yeah we can see him wearing a certain Air Force like, ones. whatever it is we see him wearing it, and we go like i like i want like i have to have that it looks like lebron can rock it it looks good on him like I gotta, I gotta have it because it makes you feel like LeBron James and the Eagles just got an interception and I'm now the happiest man on the face of the planet. Um, but you see LeBron wear something, you see Kevin Durant wear something, you see Russell Westbrook wear something, you see James Harden wear something, and then you go, I don't really know if I would wear that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I know James, but I know James Harden is gonna give me fifty tonight, so I might have to ask him like what he wore, like how, like where he got that from, and so it's just certain things, man. It's just. I mean, like, I always love delving into people's minds about like where they get their shoes and like, and like how they fell in love with shoes and stuff like that because it's it's a different story for everyone. Um, and then right now in your closet, what like what's your like what's your favorite shoe in your closet right now? I give you three. Yeah, you can do uh, top three. Jordan One New Loves. Uh, short story on that. One of my coaches, when I was in ninth grade, had them and I could never get them. Fast forward 10 years later, I was lucky enough to be in Atlanta at a sneaker store getting them for retail price. Um, number two, the Mamba Day IDs. Uh, a lot of my friends know that I loved Kobe growing up, one of my favorite players of all time. I loved his mentality, I was like that competitively. I think. I think we all embrace the Mamba mentality and we played basketball together. So the Mamba Day IDs that came out exclusively for that period in time right before Kobe's last game um, was, I think, the 2015-2016 season, one of those two years. Uh, I think it's 2015. And then my Sean Watherspoons that I was so blessed and fortunate to get. Funny story on that, they Nike actually sent me that notification they had reserved it after getting a reservation, getting like a reservation notification usually is like for one of the like the the dumbest shoes ever like shoes that you don't even want right like to get like a notification like we reserve these shoes for you but then like to get the notifications like we reserve these water spoons for you uh that's like picking somebody's name like that's like finding a needle, a needle in the haystack it, it I, I was like screaming i was like yo you, i've you got call me the shoe of the year i did i called you like right before i went back into work from lunch it was like the stars aligned, the plants aligned for me to get those. I had uh, the funniest story is I followed a guy on YouTube who's a huge sneaker influencer, Kai's Omar. Um, and he basically, uh, Nike did the first one. They're do, they've done a second one. I don't know who's won yet. Letting six designers uh, in the US design their own sneaker. And Sean was one of them. And he told me to go vote for him. I was like, these are kind of cool. And they're corduroy. It's a material that you don't find on shoes. And I voted. And then I didn't get them at all 72 releases or whatever Nike had. They had, I uh, think, about three releases that they did uh, at different times, random times, uh, but they had one that was really scheduled. I didn't get them. And then randomly one day, coming home, or not coming home, coming back to work from lunch, Nike sent me a notification saying, um, you helped Sean make his dream come true, so we're going to make yours come true. And they had reserved me a pair in my size. And a couple of days later, I literally um, asked, you know, funny story, I asked one of the guys I knew who was at home that day when it arrived to go get them for me because I didn't want anyone to touch them or bother them. And they are in my closet in a safe space. I will wear them one day. I don't know when. I don't know the occasion, but it will be a dry 
pretty warm day, and I will not be around anybody or anyone that can mess up those grails. Yeah, I, that's how I feel about my Concords. I feel like Classic I'm, I feel shoe. like I just I don't even I don't even deserve to touch them. But I actually put up on Alex in my uh, in my Ghost of Christmas Past Kobe's. I know he's, he's such a big Kobe sneakerhead that I had to I put the Katie's back in the box. And I pulled up in, in, in the Kobe's for him. First time. thing I saw when we walked out of the car, those bright green Kobe's. His mom said that anybody could see us coming from a mile away. And that's that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But that's part of the flair, right? That's part yes. of like the sneakers, Christmas Day. Sneakers have bright colors now. Like, I want you to, like I want you to see me dropping like uh, 40 on your head. Like I want you to see that. <laughs> and for all the haters out there who, who, who don't think this is true, tell them how big of a menace that I was on the court. Um. Very much so. Uh, you made me exert a lot of energy physically trying to score uh, since you were more athletic than me. Bro, I Tony couldn't... Allen, first team all defense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, probably out of all of our friends, the toughest person that that defended me, uh, probably one of the toughest people with the rate that defended me. You, We knew each other, so we knew pretty much each other's moves, and that makes it more difficult. Um, and it was competitive. Uh, we didn't jot each other as much as me and BK or me and some other guys. I hate talking smack. Uh, I, I definitely will admit I'm the smack talker. I possess I do, no ability to talk smack. I will back it up, but that just comes from having a father who uh, never used the words "I love you." More so, was tough loving, and you know you had to be one of those guys who had to defend for yourself and things like that. But yeah, uh, rocking the sneakers on the court, uh, rocking sneakers anywhere—it's a culture. It's an influence from the athletes, and uh, I'm, I'm my kid will definitely be rocking some sneakers. Uh, when when he arrives and he gets older, oh, definitely, yeah. Like I'm always going to be in the sneakers now that I'm now that I'm here. This is always going to be a thing for me, and I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I mean, I love I love basketball shoes, and I love just shoes in general. Uh, just being able to get into that. Um, and I'm gonna talk more about sneakers on my blog. And this is gonna be a blog plug. This is the part where I insert the fact that I have a blog now, um, and I made my first post on it. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, that's where I drop the links to it. I, you can follow me on Facebook at Jamal Kennedy on Twitter. That's J A H M A L Kennedy. Um, and then on Facebook at Jamal Kennedy, you can add me. I actually have a blog post coming out very, very soon dedicated to shoes as we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes, uh, really 25. This is something that I'm going to be really cool about, really interested in because I'm going to delve into the, uh, the culture of, when did anime become so mainstream just in sports in general? And I'm going to tie that into basketball with, with some of the biggest like anime heads uh, in the NBA now. And then I'm going to jump to football and, and stuff like that. So if you guys are looking forward to that, definitely stay tuned because I've got that coming on the way. I want to extend a huge shout out to Alex. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, man. I appreciate you for allowing me to come into your home and to, to be with your family and, and to, to spend the day with you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been fun, and I, and I missed you guys. And I can't believe it's really been like a year and a half since I graduated college, and that's like the last time that I saw you. But yeah, we super-duper keep up. We're always texting. We're buddies. We're bros. We're always sending each other messages on Instagram, on, oh, yeah. we got the, on Twitter. The we got the group, messages groups. We got the group texts. We got the group messages. Um, uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely definitely good to see you, man. Appreciate you having me on your podcast. Definitely, uh, and you can look forward to Alex being back on the podcast in the future. We'll definitely recap, yeah, the, uniform, the uniforms later on. Definitely, um, me and Jamal 
planning to go to a few sporting events in the near future, hopefully if our schedules align. and uh, When the so, stars align. When the stars align, and we will definitely be checking out sneakers of these NBA players. Yeah. Uh, so we'll definitely give our takes if Nike decides to do anything else the rest of the season. Absolutely. And before we get out of here, like I said, you guys will hear this on Tuesday uh, when we are a week out from Christmas. You guys may or may not hear from me on Christmas. I don't. I don't think I'm going to do a post. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do a, an episode um, on Christmas Day. It's a Tuesday. I may not do one the day, the day after. Uh, so if you guys don't hear this, Merry Christmas. Definitely Merry Christmas to you and your family, Alex. Merry uh, Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody if I don't see you guys. And I probably won't see you guys. But Happy Holidays and, and all that stuff. And I appreciate you guys for hanging in uh, and, and, and really vibing with us on this episode. And look forward to seeing you guys and, and hearing from you guys in the future. Episode 12, the Kelly Oubre episode, man. Welcome to the Phoenix Suns. We're out. Thank you.